Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of the Extrospective Podcast with your host, Zach Villeneuve-Snell. Today, I'm back with a solo episode, which is long overdue. The last episode I did, it was just me, the camera, the lights, and the microphone was June 2023. So what's that, like nearly a year ago, <laughs> like eight months ago? And there's a lot of reasons for that. And I hope that in this episode, I'm able to unpack a little bit about what's happened in my life since last picking up the camera in this way and the episodes that have been recorded in the meantime, because of course the podcast continued June through July, through August, through September. And then there was a pause from September to January. And I think it's only right that I take this episode to explain some of those things and some of the some of the work that God has been doing in my life, um, but ultimately how my life has changed between around June and now, I suppose. Um, and hopefully more content like this in the future moving forward, although I can't promise. And I must say, God willing, preceding everything. So before I crack on to talking about one lesson from each of the episodes that I've recorded in the last 10 episodes, because to be honest, it's going to take a little bit of time to kind of look at them. And, and I haven't pre-looked at these or, or pre-recorded or made any notes. You know, I'm just going to literally sit down now with Zencaster, which is the recording software I use for podcasting on one side with a little box of me that I can see. And then on the right-hand side, looking at Spotify with my podcast open. And so a brief overview of what's happened in my life, which I don't really think I can go too much into detail um, without spending about an hour and a half talking about it. But essentially what's changed between then and now is I finished my work with the Office for National Statistics and I came back to uni to complete my final year. But instead of going back to Surrey, which is where I was studying before and people who have potentially followed me for a while would have known that that's where I was making my YouTube vlogs. You can probably find them on the channel if you're watching on YouTube uh, from 2021. But essentially, to go back and finish my politics and economics degree, uh, I didn't actually end up going back to Surrey and I'm living in Bournemouth, but I'm not living in Bournemouth with my family. I'm actually living with a group of men from church in their 20s. And it's a long, long story, but essentially a number of things have fallen into place. Uh, God really changed my life through Bible study and community in the summer, which is why podcasts potentially became a little more sparse, although I was still recording and posting them. And then coming into September, I moved in with them, started my final year, did some freelancing work, had a few other responsibilities on the side. And the podcast just slid and slid and slid in the priority list. Even sitting down now and recording this reminds me of how much I just love talking about things that I'm passionate about and sharing them with people in the hope that they take a slither of information and, and truth away with them or gives them something to think about. Ultimately, Jordan Peterson says that ideas are so that we don't have to die because we can let the ideas die rather than ourselves. And I do a lot of that. I think about things so that I don't bear the consequences of poor action. I can do good thinking led by God to not lead to bad living. And I hope that through thinking about some of the things that uh, I've shared or will continue to share or in any other podcasts I have, it can help inform your thought processes, your perspectives, and your life. Without further ado, let's just crack into these without getting too philosophical. I'm sure there'll be another episode uh, for this sort of waffling at some point in the future, but let's just run through 10 lessons from 10 guests, 41 through to 50. One take wonder, let's get it going. Elliot Hulse. 16 years, 500 million views on YouTube. 
Where's the rest of the title? <laughs> you can tell I'm doing it in one take. 500 million views on YouTube. Strength cam and making men strong in a degenerate world. This is probably the biggest guest in terms of social following I have got and, and probably will get for, for some time, if not forever. Elliot Hulse is one of those names which, if you've been around on YouTube for long enough, you would have come across him. Elliot is massive in the self-development space. He had millions of subscribers and millions of views every single day when it was just pick up your camera and talk on like a potato, essentially recording it. Um, and he's still going. 16 years later, his popularity, I suppose, has, has decreased. He's still making content. He still has a significant following. Um, but because his journey, his sanctification journey has been so public, um, of course, you go through phases of people that, that follow you because of the things you're saying and then because of the things you're saying move on from what they view and then you start to deviate away, they no longer follow you. To the point where I think a few years ago he became Catholic and now he's quite a devout Catholic, um, which I won't go into too much. But at the core of what he's saying, there's a lot of Christian uh, messaging. And ultimately, the thing I took away from Elliot is that even someone as, as a successful materially and having all that fame led him to question if I'm leading these men who am I being led by what am I leading them to what is the ultimate source of truth how can I just follow other fallen men if I'm a fallen man leading fallen men <laughs> the circular logic and Christ met him where he's at Christ found him and now that's the centrality of his message and I guess one point to take away from that that, that whole episode is that Christ will find you in his time and that Christ is necessary above you to submit to as a man. Otherwise, you're being led by your own flawed intellectual whim or selfish desire. Or how you perceive yourself to be altruistic, but is conceited in selfishness. I think a lot of us potentially fall in that category if we aren't submitted truly to something perfect above us. Because if not, we are our own gods. And that doesn't end very well. Episode 42 is with Dr. Martha Harrison, understanding that barriers that men face in therapy and the power of introspection. Now, I really was surprised by this conversation because I reached out to um, Dr. Martha Harrison through Instagram. She created an Instagram account called, called Circle Time. And I had no idea that she did her um, university research project on uh, men's mental health until the conversation in the middle of the conversation um, but essentially we spoke all about therapy about mental health about um, the differences between men and women boys and girls uh, we spoke about stoicism emotional regulation and what it means to be introspective amongst other things and the one thing that i took away from that conversation is that boys and men respond differently to how girls and women do to therapy and why that is should be more of a question that we ask and to be honest fuels why i want to go into clinical psychology both for young women and for young men i have a particular thing on my heart for young women but but young men equally so to be honest and not to make it too much about my own desires that have been placed in my heart about the future the conversation fundamentally taught me that we need to do a better job of understanding the psyche of young men. What gives them purpose, what gives them meaning, why they don't seek help, 
how that help actually looks like? Is it just talking or is it practical solutions and doing in community? And to be honest, it raises more questions and provides answers. But the two episodes I've just mentioned, top, top quality episodes. Really, really enjoyed listening to them. Uh, and I say listening to them because it's the guest that's doing most of the talking. I'm just pursuing my curiosities and asking the questions. And yeah, it was a good one. 43 was Callum Carver, side hustling at 16 to inspiring the next generation towards self-improvement. Even since recording now, Callum has come on leaps and bounds. It's been fascinating to observe his journey from afar. I don't really speak to him. He's got a lot, a lot of... Uh, a lot of things in front of him which are very exciting he's he's grown so many followers makes so much great content really love what he's what he does to be honest number one lesson from him is be diligent work hard and delay gratification because as a young man there's so much out there that you could be doing with the time that is sold to you as the better thing to be doing with the time that all your friends are doing around you and you're culturally shamed if you don't engage with those things and doing the alternative is no promise of success doing the alternative can be lonely and miserable you have to seek out community and like-minded people. And sometimes there is luck. There is that jackpot. Callum admits that himself. Of course, there are other people like Callum who have been doing similar things who haven't gained 200,000 followers and earned half a million pounds by the time they're 21 or however much he's earned, a few hundred thousand pounds through online business. But fundamentally, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So you can never predict when you might get your big break or when you might come into fortune. But if you aren't diligently preparing and doing the habits that will get you there, when the opportunity presents itself, you won't be able to take it. I liken this to the podcast, to be honest, even though it wasn't an opportunity that presented itself to me. I was well equipped to step into having this podcast after doing public speaking and interviewing and developing my ability to ask questions and be introspective and reflective. And I was doing that all as a natural product of my, my the character that God's given me in pursuing what the truth is. And so when the podcast idea came along, I was naturally able to step into it. Nothing of this podcast has been lucky. It's been a result of hard work and God's sovereign hand allowing me to step into this. He's made the way. Episode 44, the best episode in terms of metrics on my channel on spotify adam lane smith childhood attachment the secret to fixing your dating and relationship problems so many people have said so many great things about this episode and i'd love to get adam lane smith back onto the episode at some point because he's an endless font of wisdom adam lane smith talks about how when we are younger the ways in which we give and receive love and attention and respect and regulate our emotions through our parents and through our peers and how we're taught to deal with emotions ultimately can explain a lot of the ways in which we find ourselves attracted to people now and drawn to people now and how we regulate ourselves and of course there's neuroplasticity and there's the work that the lord can do through that to bring someone to a place of grounding in who they are and identity and moving through some of these things and developing secure attachment fundamentally from my perspective secure attachment in their secure and steadfast relationship with god but as adam says it unfortunately if you don't develop the self-awareness then 
you'll be selecting for the same toxic people over and over again without realizing it. And you'll you'll say they're the toxic ones. And they may well be the toxic ones, but you're also selecting for them in your own blinded toxicity. And so, you know, I won't go into the detail of it. This episode was particularly fascinating for me, probably one of the most interesting episodes I've done because I want to go into clinical psychology and I want to understand these things more. And so to be able to pick Adam's brains for an hour and a half was such a privilege. And I really, really do thank the Lord for making a way for this conversation. And uh, yeah, please do go and check that out. Because if you're if you're struggling with relationships, I'm not just talk, talking romantic. I'm like, you know, I'm talking about your, your friendships, relationship with your parents. If you you know if you're if you're fortunate to have grandparents or parents around, um, any human relationship where there is any conflict potential or communicating of needs and any emotions involved, which is every single one, chances are that could be improved by doing some self-reflection based on the way that you, you grew up. And Adam Lane Smith provides some of the tools and some of the insights into that. 45, John Hamilton. Excuse me, pro gamer turned entrepreneur, how to level up your life. John's someone I think I came across through a couple of my friends and a couple of my friends in podcasting, excuse me, who, um, who are Scottish. <laughs> And John is also Scottish, and I think I just came came across him through that. And to be honest, I really like John's approach. Um, it's really unique insight to me how he was a professional Call of Duty player and how he's transferred gaming to real life. Because I think you, there is a lot of gamification in real life, especially with self development. Um, you know, a lot of that mentality of being diligent, doing the boring work consistently when no one else wants to, uh, knowing when to take risk, take opportunity. That's all present in the online world as well. You know, there's there's a game that I used to play called RuneScape and that would be very, very repetitive and you'd be grinding and it would teach you delayed gratification. It would teach you how to work with others. It would teach you the correct way of earning dopamine, which is through hard work, not instant instant reward for, for, for not doing anything. And so, you know, even with his 4 a.m. power days, John taught me, Actually, we can we can learn a lot from the way in which our psychology is drawn to gaming, and how we can take some of the lessons, and actually we should apply that to real life. And if you're a young person listening to this now and you spend a lot of time gaming, there's a reason why you're interested in those games, because you see yourself as the hero in the story, and you see yourself as developing meaning and a story and a journey, and you see yourself evolving and getting somewhere and leveling up, and that's satisfying. That unlocks something in you, but it's for pixels. It's meaningless. You can do that in real life as well. In fact, real life will give you so much more meaning and purpose because it's tangible, physical, and doesn't go away when you turn the laptop off. It comes alive when you turn the laptop off. So, yeah, just a, just something to think about. And I guess everything in moderation. I don't really game too much. I think I probably game for one hour per month maybe <laughs> one hour every two weeks at the most um and it's never on my own it's always with other people uh, like my housemates we'll play some fifa every every now and again maybe a couple games something like that um episode 46 is darren lee bodybuilding business in bali the relentless pursuit of world domination um again even now because it was quite a while ago it's, it's crazy to read back some of these 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 titles and these episodes that was in august we recorded 
this is probably going out in March or yeah, probably in March. And uh, Darren, poor man, he's come on so, so far since we recorded. When we recorded, it was right in the kind of upwards curve of his podcast and his podcast agency. And that's just continued to exponentially rise. He's had some incredible guests on his podcast and his business is going from strength to strength, signing clients for tens of thousands of pounds per month on retainers for his podcast agency. And uh, it's really, really inspiring. In the conversation, really, the fun, the take-home message is uh, die to small-town syndrome and die to expectations about what's possible because he's been able to move into some place in Southeast Asia, completely make a life for himself with endless opportunities, and all of that is only made possible through really, really hard work and smart work as well and doing the work that no one else is willing to do. You notice there's a bit of a trend here. Um, He's really run himself into the ground and there's fruits of that. He talked about the relationship between bodybuilding and business. Uh, he talked about um, doing the work when, when you don't feel like it and continuing. And um, yeah, it was a, as a podcaster, you appreciate being on a podcast insofar as um, he was a good orator. He, he was good at speaking. He communicated his points well, and that really comes across in the episode and you can really take something home from it. We're rattling through these, but probably because I'm recording this at the same time as have just recorded with David Hammond. If you haven't listened to that, then go and check it out. Um, but we're well into the evening now and I'm getting very tired. Episode 47, Vicky Boyton-Lee, previous Shell executive, speaks out on climate change, the business case for sustainability. Now, I have to disclose something. I didn't reach out to Vicky. Um, this episode was arranged by um, someone working on behalf of Vicky who reached out to me. And uh, they also reached out to me with a number of other potential guests and the offer of potential money for hosting people on my podcast. But I didn't want to only have someone on because I was paid. The podcast as the, the podcast has and will remain a passion project that will not be compromised on its integrity. And I think it's quite important when I receive the offer to check my heart understand why i do this i think the podcast is fundamentally about pursuing my curiosity and i don't want that ever to be impaired by feeling like i'm having to do something for a paycheck i'm never gonna spin a narrative because my hands are tied and sometimes in life that means you have to miss out on the thing that you want in the short term but ultimately you don't want to compromise on, on your character in the long run because you won't be able to trust yourself and no one, so will no one else and one day there'll be a big decision that you have to make and uh, if you're full of lies you've never been able to trust yourself yeah all the best with that i know that's pretty much like quoting jordan peterson but it's true <laughs> anyway the episode was really interesting um so yeah essentially i wasn't paid to do it and i said no to the other people that were suggested but purely because actually i was quite interested in, in what um vicky's story was and, and what she did i said yeah i'd love to record i don't need any money for it but i'd, I'd love to love to ask some questions um especially as someone who was a vegan for a long time um <laughs> and that's another detail that probably isn't public but yeah I'm, I'm no longer no longer vegan um after seven and a half years that's probably deserves a i'm no longer ve vegan video on youtube which will probably get lots of views and lots of angry comments but never thought i'd be one of those after seven years but here we go uh, anyway too many tangents too many tabs opening up let's talk about the episode um essentially she works in sustainability in one of the most unsustainable 
uh, companies. And you might ask, isn't that a bit of hypocrisy? And I would argue that our entire world is built on oil. So it's a bit hypocritical to say no, like just up oil. It's like, what do you mean just up oil? You wouldn't be able to record the just up oil process, like um, protest, because if you stopped oil, you would no longer be able to charge your phone and there would be no street lamps and you'd not be wearing any clothes and you'd run out of medication. I think there's just so much nuance that people don't appreciate with the environment. Um, it's a global issue. If the UK sunk, there'd still be 98% of pollution. So think about that on a global scale and then think about 70 mil like divided by 70 million is the effect that you'd have. So what's 2% divided by 70 million? If you died tomorrow, that's the impact that you'd have on global warming. And of course, that's never an argument for why you shouldn't do something. You do something because it's right or wrong, not because of the impact that it's going to have fundamentally. So that's the first thing you've got to drop um, because otherwise you you parade around you yourself being the savior of the world, but also then you bear an unbearable weight that isn't even proportional to the impact that you can have with your actions. Uh, there's climate anxiety, which is absurd because we have basically no attachment to what we do to the outcome of the, of the, of the planet. And it's a very, very aggregated general tilt based on the amount of carbon that we produce and the pollutants and the um, biodiversity and ecosystem and the relationship that we are having with the planet. Of course, it's far, 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 far from perfect. And of course, we should be diligent in what we consume and we should be thoughtful with where we place our money, how we spend our time in light of sustainability because we do want the planet to be sustainable. But ultimately, you can make it your God and you can get quite dogmatic about it. And that's not helpful for anyone. It really isn't. Um, we have to approach these conversations like adults, sensibly, with nuance, and appreciate that the work that Vicky does is some of the best work out there in terms of the problem's not going away, the company's not going to go away. How can we transform the company to moving towards more sustainable solutions whilst not just completely destroying everyone's way of living and going back to the Stone Ages? So, yeah. There's, there's that one. There's a, I could talk about that for a very long time because trust me, I've been in that world and um, there's truth and lies in it on both sides and it's frustrating how binary people can be on the issue. But that's the same with anything, to be honest. And that's, that's the beauty of viewing everything through the biblical lens is that you see things for what they are, i.e. you see the things truthfully or falsefully or at least the Holy Spirit is able to discern that, you're able to be a bit more rational and not peg yourself to any identity that is not in Christ, whether that's right or left wing, whether that's any particular isms or ologies. These things limit us because we begin to die on hills which aren't objectively true that we are attach our identity to. And fundamentally, identity is something which you should be not attached to anything to other than something perfect that cannot move or change and that is christ because otherwise if you're attaching you know what i mean like it gets confusing anyway episode 48 was with abby davison money and love how to approach life's biggest decisions um yep it's funny that i recorded this episode one month before i started dating someone for the first time in a few years and it was 
something I definitely couldn't have foreseen, but in the episode, I then learned a lot about how to approach some of the conversations I then did. I'm sure she's listening to this now. Um, how to be more spontaneous. How interesting is that? That's definitely something that the Lord's work worked on through me. Uh, worked on in me. How to plan more strategically. Again, things to consider when making big decisions and why you can't separate love and money. We reflect on some of the key decisions that she's made in her life and explore the topic of balancing motherhood and career. These are all conversations that have just been a large part of my life in the last few months. And to be honest, um, while she isn't a Christian, I think a lot of the uh, advice she gives is incredibly uh, biblical <laughs> and reflective of a more holistic approach to to um, to love and money and big decisions. Of course, that's the book that she's written. And she actually has a, a newsletter now, which I can't remember the name of, but if you search Abby Davison and look at it in my podcast, you can find it, the links. Um, one lesson, haven't really been doing the one lessons here, have I? One big lesson is not acting on feeling, acting on rationale, and then that that action leading to feeling, I think, to be honest. The feeling needs to be there generally, but you know, you don't act based on that that pull because that's how people end up in places that when they then reflect on they're like, whoa, that was not a good decision. I have to make you have to make clear headed decisions. And I think Yeah, that's all I'll say on that one, to be honest. I think um, it was a fantastic insight into how we should actually make decisions um, that are going to be the best for us in the long run and the best for others, to be honest. If, if you're looking at it through the Christian perspective, you know, to glorify God the most um, and knowing that what will glorify God the most will be the best for you, I think, is, is the way that I would uh, interpret what, what was being said, although that's not exactly what she was saying, of course. Then we had a little bit of a break between September and January, as I mentioned. But we were back with a bang with two in-person podcasts, 49 and 50, which were mm -mm -mm, fantastic, as Tom Brandt would say. Mm -hmm. And so episode 49 was with Tom Bryant, who can probably hear my voice right now <laughs> as he's one of my housemates. Uh, Jesus saved me from addiction, crime and suicide. Um, I don't know what I can say on this really, to be honest, that, 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 is, that would do anything the episode justice. But we sat down for two and a half hours. I trimmed it down to an hour and a half. Uh, I've known him for, well, I knew him for about a week before trying to go and get a house together with four, three other guys. So there's five of us in total. Got a house. There's been, a, there's been an interesting five months, to say the least, working through some things and growing so close to one another and growing close to God together. But about the episode, it's just Tom's testimony. Tom grew up with um, lots of instability and a lot of uncertainty, and that led him to find stability and certainty in the wrong places, which is pretty self-explanatory from the title. And yearning for truth and identity which I'm sure many people can relate for, relate to for a long time. But ultimately, Christ found him four years ago. In his search for truth, Christ met him where he was at. And one lesson from that, if I'm going to extrapolate from Tom's life, one, one lesson of him from you to take away, which is 
incredible like it just cheapening someone's entire life journey to like here's one little tip um i would say don't fret if you aren't in the place you would like to be right now and trust that in at least pursuing what it is that you would like to do and pursuing what truth is for you and understanding who you are I think trusting that that will lead you to where you need to be and leaving it at that. Because I think you can take any snapshot in time from Tom's life before he was saved and ask, what was the point? He was lost, confused, isolated, lacking purpose, suicidal at times. But the testimony is one that resolves, comes back to Christ. There's still sanctification. There's still the outworkings of sin. Ultimately, you're never perfect. And there are consequences to actions. But you can lean into the love that God has for you and the plan, the perfect plan that he has for your life and trust that he is going to bring you to a place where you will be able to make sense of what has happened in the past. As you move through life, you grow to understand God's perspective. The perspective that God would have had at the time of you. I don't know if that makes any sense, but it makes sense to me. With, with, with events in my life that, that are unexplainable. God knew what he was doing, and now I sort of knew what he was doing, <laughs> looking back. And I, I, my prayer for you, my hope in Christ for you listening now is that, you know, if you find yourself in a position unlike Tom's or anything that is challenging and makes you question the meaning of life or if you believe in God or not, um, that you would just trust that God will make himself known to you and that the truth will, in some sense, set you free over time and you don't know when that, when that time is going to be. But all I would do is implore you to listen to the episode and listen to what Tom has to say about who Jesus is and what he's done for him. And take it seriously, because every testimony is yet unique, but the core of it being the gospel is something that I can 100% relate to. And yeah, again, podcast for another time isn't about me. Uh, of course, it's even still not about me. Even talking about me, it would be just talking about what God's done in my life. But not even going to be talking about what God's done in my life. Let's just talk about the guests, which we are here for. Finally. Episode 50, Titamel, Bournemouth Business Maverick on Finding People, Profit and Purpose. Good one. <laughs> this is a good one. You can't have a favourite podcast. And whilst there are conversations that, from a personal career perspective, I find more interesting because it's specifically about the topics that I want to go into, and there are conversations where people have been more raw and honest about their deep pain and how they've transcended that from a human perspective and integrating all of them and just really interesting conversation about someone who's achieved so much in his life in a short amount of time. And the production quality and the familiarity with having a conversation in person. Titanel and that episode 50 is probably the nicest podcast to listen to that, that you know from a from a pure enjoyment perspective um and there's so much in there as well that you can take away so 
it's, I'm going to find it very difficult to, to, to surmise one takeaway again from, from this man's life. Um, Titan Mel is a, a, you know, a serial entrepreneur in Bournemouth. I've known him for four years. He came into the bike shop one day um, looking for a bike when I was working there as a little scrawny 18-year-old kid. And uh, I told him we didn't have any bikes, followed each other on Instagram. I was doing loads of sports and sharing stuff there. And obviously, you know, he's doing what he's doing. And we connected on there. And um, we were actually supposed to record about a year and a half ago, but never ended up happening. He's going to be like episode five, but he ended up being episode 50. And I'm glad it took that long because we were able to have that studio set up and do it justice, do his story and his, his wisdom justice. Or we could say that the wisdom that God has given him through general revelation. But yeah. I really can't. I really can't put that into one, to one, uh, one lesson. To be honest, Ty to Mel, or uh, Mustafa to Mel. <laughs> to be honest, just go and listen to it. Like it's just such a great conversation. Uh, one lesson, crumbs. I'm actually struggling here, and probably it's because I've also been recording podcasts for about two and a half hours, and I've had no food today. Um, but we're on a roll. We're going to keep going. Please bear with me. Show me some grace. Tight smell. One lesson. It's okay to fail. Maybe it's okay to take risks. Uh, Ty's taken loads of risks all the time. He set up a, you know, <laughs> he literally did the biggest renovation and building work to a nightclub two months before nightclubs were shut for a year. And then had no support, <laughs> pretty much no support from government or council. You know, furlough, business grants and loans, sure, but nowhere near enough to offset cost and lost income and stress, right? Amongst the uncertainty and all of that. And I think that's ultimately what you don't see about someone who is quote unquote successful and a business owner. Um, it's just the amount of risk they have to bear and you don't, in terms of survivorship bias, you don't see the number of people who also do that and fail. And I think Ty's resilience through that, ironically, one of his, you know, he had a podcast before, the current one called Journeys of Resilience. And I think that's the journey of every entrepreneur. Ty's, Ty's story is one of resilience from growing up with nothing literally nothing like his, his dad owned a burger van to seeking opportunity trial and error trial and error trial and error rapidly learning rapidly failing rapidly learning being resilient to risk setting up many many businesses failing many 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 businesses businesses going well businesses not going well that leads you to a place of something stick and they stick really well and you work really hard at it you surround yourself with the right people you take the right moves at the right time and you're rewarded for your diligence and hard work there's a health cost there's a relationship cost sometimes there's an integrity cost as he described in the podcast you know having to not always be really who he is online so that he can get into the right rooms to have the right conversations well to be honest, whether that's a lack of integrity, I, I, I don't know if I fully agree because there are just some things that you'd withhold that aren't necessarily lying, but just not telling the truth always. Like I'm not going to publicly espouse my views on really controversial topics all the time because that's just going to get me in unnecessary heat. So there's wisdom in that. 
Um, so perhaps not a lack of integrity, but a seeming lack of integrity when you are saying one thing and kind of being mysterious online and actually, you, you know, you think the other. But um, the conversation goes off on all sorts of directions. And we even end up talking about theology and philosophy for about half an hour. And I love it. That's my bread and butter. Uh, God's placed a burning fire within my heart about those kind of topics for him to really wrestle with and debate and make sense of why he's made us the way we are why he's made the world the way it is and Tyra's really curious about that and I really respect that it was a really respectful conversation there's probably only one or two moments where I regret saying something or I could have said something better but we're always going to have those it's a journey of sanctification and ultimately God's going to use that imperfect conversation to bring people close to him Thank you, everybody, for listening. I appreciate the waffle. I appreciate your ear, lending me your ear for the last 40 minutes or uh, 30 minutes if you've been listening to this at 1.25 speed or whatever. Thanks for listening. Take care. I'm sure I'll be back with some more content. I think, to be honest, mate, <laughs> mate, whoever's listening to this, um, to be honest, most of the resistance to sitting down recording content like this it's just the setup i hate how lazy that is but when you in when there are layers of resistance and inertia to doing something that you don't really want to do or you know you don't always want to do is the more important thing because creativity and making content like this is is a discipline as much as it's a passion when there is inertia, it's very difficult to push through it. I don't know if anyone's ever experienced this, but if you live on your own or you, you know you manage your own clothes washing and then you wash your clothes and you don't fully put them away or you leave them in the dishwasher, uh, in the dishwasher, in the washing machine, or, or maybe even you've taken some clothes off and, and you leave them on the floor a little bit. And there are some things like that where you can leave something on the floor and then it becomes part of the floor and it stays there for a week and a half and you just walk over it every single time you walk past it. Now, at that point, it would take three seconds to put it away. Or maybe with something more... Maybe your room is a mess. I guarantee if your room's a mess, it still only really takes 15 minutes. Like 15 minutes out of your day to take it from a mess to clean. But it's the inertia of doing that which withholds you from taking the step because you're... It's just the thought of entertaining doing that that res that friction to do the thing that you know that you should do but you're not doing. And don't get me wrong, that's not the same with this, but in terms of the setup, it very much is. And so literally speaking of a setup and inertia, my room has been a little bit messy in the last week and I cleaned it this morning and here we are making the space to record this. Um, I wouldn't I would show you if you're watching and pick up the camera and things and Hey, why, why don't I do that? Um, I made a little stand of makeup and... <laughs> not makeup. Um, what is it called? Oh, perfume, I guess. Not even perfume. What am I talking about? Aftershave, deodorant, beard oil, because I'm growing my beard out again. Um, books, grooming products. Need to get a mirror for it clean my room, put everything away in its order. And I think it's much easier to maintain when it's orderly, isn't it? Anyway, I'm absolutely waffling at this point. 
So I appreciate your patience. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. Hopefully there's much more of this to come if I keep up with this consistent setup and keep in the discipline. It's not a lack of time. I've had too much time on my hands recently trying to get some work. Um, uni, final year is going well. Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a lot There's a lot going on in my life, but uh, I, appreciate, I appreciate you listening to this and I hope that you took some of the, some of the stuff away and I'll speak to you soon. Take care.